if we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Yes, indeed, it is. Seven minutes after the hour of nine o'clock as we're rolling on this Tuesday, the 30th and final morning of the sixth month of the year of our Lord, 2020. And that's a good thing. Uh, the faster we can get these weeks and months to go by, the faster we can get out of 2020, the year from hell thus far. But I do appreciate you being with us. You know, I guess I contradicted myself. I said it's the year of our Lord, but it's the year from hell. All right. It's the year from hell that our Lord has given us to test us. How about that? And uh, the question is, is how will we rise to the challenge? Let's rise to it strong today. We have a lot to do. We're going to talk to Jack Windsor coming up in uh, about a half an hour. Jack Windsor, uh, reporter out of Mansfield, covering the daily briefings or nearly daily briefings in Columbus about COVID-19 in Ohio and exposing the dishonesty of the governor and his team on a daily basis as well. Jack Windsor will be with us at 9.35 and at 10.10. You know what today is. It's Tuesday, and that means it's Kersenau Day, and that always makes it a great day. We're going to start this morning, and I will ask Peter about this too, but I want to, I want to start with you. I'm going to start this morning with maybe the most important advice, uh, a piece of advice rather uh, that I have ever given. That advice is arm yourself. My advice to you is take advantage now of your Second Amendment rights and do it as though your life depended upon it. And the reason why is it does. Police across this country are either being slashed in terms of budgets and thus manpower, which is going to increase by exponential rates the response time to a 911 call if you or your family or someone's life is in danger. Police budgets are being slashed from one end of the country to the other, all in response to the defund the police movement by Black Lives Matter, Antifa, George Soros, Marxists, the Revolutionary Communist Party USA, Revolutionary Abolitionists, and on down the line. The movement is to determine, or, or uh, to uh, declare, rather, that police are bad. More police is, uh, is, is worse than fewer police, so if we can't get rid of police altogether, let's trim those forces down so there are fewer people able to respond to crime situations. That's part one. Part two is the police officers that do exist 
now have their hands tied to the point where they cannot use force. And if they try, they are going to suffer one of two fates. They're going to get beaten to a pulp, they're going to be shot and killed, or they're going to be brought up on charges. There are more and more videos surfacing from all over the country. And by the way, you can say, well, those are anecdotal. They're not when you have this many of them. Of police officers basically saying, please, pretty please with sugar on top, put your hands behind your back so that I may apply these handcuffs to you as gently as possible without any skin abrasions because I don't want to be accused of brutality if I, if I scratch your, your skin. And I'm being facetious here because this is the reality of it. And if they are anything more than pretty please gentle, then the suspect gets to turn around and slug the police officer and attack and beat him while, uh, while uh, other people stand around and watch videotaping or join in the beatings. This is happening all over the place. So police officers are going to disengage entirely from making arrests. First, they're slashed in terms of numbers. Then those that remain aren't going to go in undermanned into very serious, high crime, high violence, dangerous zones, hot zones in, in, uh, in uh, major American cities primarily, but also in suburbs, which I'll get to in a moment. They're not going to do it uh, because uh, they know that, again, one of three, three outcomes are either going to be physically assaulted, if not shot and killed, or they're going to end up having to get physical with somebody else and end up being arrested and charged. Which leaves you to do what? Which leaves you to defend yourself and your property on your own. This seems to be what the entire goal has been. Remove the police, allow the criminals free reign, and then when somebody dares to fight back against the criminals, attack them. And that's what happened to a St. Louis couple who went viral on Sunday for pulling guns out of their homes, one a shotgun, one a rifle, rather, and, and the, uh, that's the male, the, the uh, wife with a handgun, standing outside on their front property, on their front steps, telling a group of Black Lives Matter anarchists, I will not call them protesters, who broke through a gate and into their private property and essentially expressed that they were going to kill people. The St. Louis couple has now spoken out and detailed the threats, as they reportedly have received numerous death threats since the, since the event, because they are the ones who are the racists. It's a white couple standing in front of their gorgeous home uh, outside of St. Louis, and again, when a massive mob of people wearing Black Lives Matter shirts, and by the way, they're not all black, the white, white virtue signaling anarchists as well, but when a mob breaks through an iron gate and comes storming into a neighborhood, you don't just hope they pass by your house. You make sure they don't come in onto your property. And these Black Lives Matter anarchists forced their way into that gated community with an intention of doing harm. This couple said, keep on going. Do not bother trying this house. We will defend ourselves. And guess what? It worked. The couple, by the way, are both attorneys, Mark and Patricia McCloskey. And rather than being hailed as heroes who defended themselves when the police would not, 
or could not, they are being A, attacked, B, threatened, and C, are you ready for this? Investigated. They are being investigated for daring to protect themselves and their property. They were all alone facing an angry mob that had already destroyed an iron gate and came through looking to do harm. And now they're going to be investigated. Here's a Channel 4 CBS St. Louis report on what happened. It's new at noon. We are now hearing from the man who stood in his front yard pointing a gun as protesters marched through the central west end. This video right now on your screen getting national attention. You see the man and his wife there in the striped shirt out in their yard with weapons as protesters marched by their home, headed to the home of St. Louis Mayor Lyda Krusen to protest. Mark McClowski says the protesters smashed through gates on their street and this is all private property. He also says that he and his family were threatened. Now we did check the area this morning. You can see the wrought iron gate is now gone. There is a chain link gate up with a pink ribbon on it. As soon as I said the words private property it enraged the crowd, there was um, then a horde of people coming through the broken gate. I mean, the gate was broken in pieces. I've, I've uh, sent you the photographs of it. Um, and there were, I don't know how many people, there was a tremendous number of people, all angry, all shouting, all coming towards us. We will have much more on this story for you coming up this afternoon. All right, so again, that's a CBS Channel 4 uh, report out of St. Louis uh, on the event as it happened. Now let me share with you what the St. Louis what St. Louis authorities are saying. St. Louis attorneys Mark and Patricia McCloskey went viral when they stood in front of their million dollar home with firearms and confronted protesters. And circuit attorney Kim Gardner has now vowed to have them, not the anarchist vandals who just destroyed a gate and in gaining access to private property. Not them, but to have the Two people standing on their property, armed with their legally purchased handguns, telling individuals to not even try to attempt to damage their home. They are going to be investigated. Statement from Circuit uh, Attorney Kimberly Gardner in regards to the events over the weekend reads, and I quote, I am alarmed by the events that occurred over the weekend, where peaceful protesters were met by guns and a violent assault? We must protect the right to peacefully protest, and any attempt to chill it through the intimidation or threat of deadly force will not be tolerated. My office is currently working with the public and police to investigate these events. Make no mistake, we will not tolerate the use of force against those exercising First Amendment rights, and we'll use the full power of Missouri law to hold people accountable. Not the, not the anarchists who broke the gates, which is not, by the way, protected under the First Amendment. That's called vandalism. It's punishable, punishable by citation, and if violence ensues after it, probably by jail time. But no, the people who saw the angry mob coming into their neighborhood, already, ready, already having committed damage, ready to commit more damage, and them arming themselves arming themselves out of fear for their lives. They're the ones who are being investigated and threatened with prosecution by the district attorney there in St. Louis. 
The world has gone mad. Everything is upside down. Mr. McCloskey, the uh, Mr. and Mrs. McCloskey, but both spoke uh, to the media with KMOV. KMOV uh, and Mark McCloskey said that the protesters were chanting at the mayor, resign Lydia, take the cops with you, while he and his family were having a peaceful dinner. When they realized that the crowd had rolled in, broke through the gate, smashed through, by the way, the wrought iron gate, they destroyed it. Despite signs saying no trespassing and proclaiming the street to be private property. He said a mob of at least 100 of them smashed, smashed through the gates. And when I said this is private property, that is when they were enraged. They screamed at us that we would be killed, our home would be burned, and our dog would be killed. We were all alone. When I tell you that your own family's safety and when your own property safety is now going to be in your own hands, I don't say that casually. And I certainly don't say that recklessly. I say that because I mean it sincerely. Police are no longer going to be available to you. The police were not available to Mr. McCloskey and Mrs. McCloskey. Had they showed up at the, uh, uh, at the site, they would have had to stand by and watch. They wouldn't have been allowed to do anything to protect the McCloskeys, even if they had gone up the mob and started smashing their property, or worse. And the only thing that saved these two people and their property from an angry, violent mob, not the quote-unquote peaceful protesters, that the pathetic disgusting, reprehensible, lying district attorney, Gardner, in St. Louis, described them as. The only thing that saved these two people is their firearms. They were successful in warning the mob to keep moving and go past their home. They were successful in protecting themselves. Fortunately, they didn't have to use the firearms, and the threat alone was enough. But make no mistake about it, without those firearms, they would have been in extraordinary danger. And there is nothing about that that's going to change anytime soon. They're slashing police budgets, which slashes manpower, which slashes the number of cars, which slashes the number of responses, which increases dramatically the amount of response time. The only way you're going to protect yourself is with your own Second Amendment rights. Arm up and arm heavy. This is not a drill. This is reality. And I've got more right after this on AM 1420 The Answer. Thanks for being with us on AM 1420, The Answer. It's a disturbing time. It's a disturbing time because of what we are witnessing. We are witnessing the deconstruction of a law, lawful and orderly society. Law and order was one of the extraordinary important foundations of this country. Law and order is being removed and replaced by a tolerance, if not an outright encouragement, of anarchy. 
Law and order is being replaced by a tolerance and an encouragement of law-breaking in the name of social justice. And lawful people protecting their property and their persons are being threatened with prosecution. The world is upside down. I mean, this, this is just not possible, right? But it is. And these two potential victims of the violent mob that has already expressed its violence by smashing through an iron gate to get access to the neighborhood where the mayor lived. The idea that these people are the ones who are being blamed and the ones who are being investigated is just beyond the pale. Dana Lash responded to this last night on Fox. I'm shocked. I, St. Louis is my hometown, so I'm I'm well aware with uh, I'm well aware of all of the players that are in this game. Kim Gardner, who is the circuit attorney, who amazingly, and I'm sure you're familiar with this, having talked about it on your program, Tucker. Kim Gardner has refused previously to actually bring charges against some of the violent rioters that committed arson and assault and robbery and all these other crimes during uh, those several weekends in a row when everybody was going crazy all over the country. And to see the McCluskey. He's uh, smeared and maligned this way. These are individuals who were simply protecting their home. And look, I want to make this very clear for everyone. This area is private property. So this is off of Kings Highway. I lived right by this area in downtown St. Louis when I lived in St. Louis before moving to Texas. And so this is it's, it's sort of like a gated community. It's a private residential area. These protesters were not peacefully walking past anything. These individuals mowed down a gate, an iron gate gate because the residential area is separated from the public way by a very impressive iron fence, uh, a gate, these beautiful brick structures. This is a very historic area. And so they mowed through this gate. There are pictures of it all over the internet. So I dare say that legacy media can stop trying to gaslight everyone into thinking that private property damage didn't happen. And they were screaming threats at this couple. When you are damaging private property, when you are trespassing, you are ceasing to engage in peaceful protest. And it is amazing to me that Kim Gardner and all of these other individuals out there across the country that are so certain that the McCluskeys are guilty of just defending themselves, that it's okay for a riot mob to do it, or a violent mob to do what they did and to damage property, but it's bad for these innocent individuals to defend themselves? That doesn't make sense. It does not make sense. And Dana Lash is 100% right. And if you think, well, it's just an isolated incident, is it? I want you to listen to this 911 call. Now, this was uh, this aired a couple of nights ago on also on Tucker Carlson's show. Uh, they've got a great staff there. They do a great job of finding this stuff. This is a 911 call. When I tell you that the police are not going to be able to help you, and the police will not help you, and they can't help you, and it's not their fault, it's because of the conditions that have been set for them and the slashing of their budgets, because there there are now going to be far fewer of them. But when I tell you they can't help you, I'm not joking. I'm I'm not exaggerating. This is not hyperbole. This was a 911 call in Fredericksburg, Virginia. She got. They're they're on my car, right? They're on my car right now. So we would suggest you slowly drive through the area. Don't hit anyone with your vehicle. I can't. I cannot get out of here. Okay. Patient, but I'll I'll let the officers know. Okay. Are you serious? The city you guys told us that not... we can't do anything, ma'am. The city told us that this is a sanctioned event. Get out of my 
car. You know, this is going to get dangerous. I got a kid here. Yes, ma'am. It was just that you call up City Hall to let them know about your frustrations. Get we're all very frustrated. This is getting scary. Like, oh, they're on my car. They're on my car. And I got a little girl in the car crying. Are you kidding me? They're on my There is a young mother whose car has been surrounded and then mounted by angry anarchists banging on it, standing on it, little girl inside crying. She calls 911 for help, and 911 says, we can't do anything. The city has declared this a sanctioned event. That dispatcher said that attacking and assaulting motorists is now sanctioned by the city. And they can't do anything. And if you don't like it, ma'am, call City Hall to register your complaint with them. Police would not go help her. Arm yourself. Do it now. And do it heavy. You are now on your own to protect yourself from crime in this country. Jack Windsor will join me after the news on AM 1420 The Answer. All right, 936 now. We continue AM 1420, The Answer. Jack Windsor to Mike DeWine. Um, In the beginning, when we tested, we were testing the sickest, and the infection rate was naturally higher. You said today percentage positives should be decreases. Uh, That would seem to be the case only if the virus were losing contagiousness. Is that what you're saying, Governor, that you expected the virus had dipped in contagiousness? And then secondly, uh, we've also heard from hospitals like OSU Medical Center and uh, a facility in Cleveland that hospitalizations are going up because of deferred care and getting mandatory tests. And if they come back positive, even though they're not there for COVID, they're being counted as a COVID hospitalization. And then finally, we've also, so is that the case? And then finally, we've also heard that tests can be false up to 40% of the time and maybe detecting antibodies and returning a positive result. Governor, do you think increased testing might be picking up positives that aren't actually active virus cases as well? Thank you. Another series of brilliant questions uh, trying to hold the government of the state of Ohio accountable for some of the messages that, messages that they are passing on that may, just may, not be quite uh, as accurate as, uh, as they should be. And uh, Jack Windsor joins us now to discuss the governor's response and more on AM 1420 The Answer. Jack, good to have you back. How are you? Uh, Bob, I'm super fantastic. Thank you for having me. It's always an honor to be here with you and your listeners. I love it. Super fantastic. I love the optimism and I love the excitement. Uh, I wish I was, I shared your enthusiasm to be quite frank with you, Jack, because, um, I, uh, I'm, I'm getting very worried about what I'm reading in the tea leaves here. Uh, you ask great questions that have essentially are dodged and, well, I, where did you get that 40% number? I haven't been told that. The experts are telling me something different. Tell me, mm-hmm. a, tell, tell me how, well, first of all, uh, paraphrase for us the governor's response. I don't want to play the entire thing here and take up your time. Yeah. Paraphrase the governor's response and how you would respond to that. So the governor's response on you know, the first part regarding um, the positivity rate of tests was basically, you know, my experts are telling me that that should go down. And you know, my whole point in, in saying that was was twofold. It was to say, well, look, uh, if you have a baseline, you know, in the beginning we had a higher rate of infection because we are testing the most sick. But, but once you test a, a broad spectrum of the population, you have a baseline. And the reality is my understanding, talking with virologists, epidemiologists, modelers, is that if, you, if you're going to go down then in the positive rate, it's because the, the virus is losing its contagiousness. 
And that's what I wanted him to say. Is that, is that what you're saying? Right. And, uh, and, and the reality is he thinks that as testing goes up, that number should go down. But here's why we're squabbling over something that's meaningless. The experts, the CDC, is who they quote a lot, actually said, if you're below 5%, you have the virus under control. So and we're, we're, and we're, we're at 4.7%, right? That's right. That's right. Um, and then with respect to testing, uh, he said, again, I've not heard anything from, from our experts. I'm paraphrasing there. But that was what I heard. Barbara Burks, I think it was in May, actually came out and said, these tests will, will create false, uh, false results 50%, up to 50% of the time. And we've talked on your show about testing positive cases and how that is a Grand Canyon-sized bucket that they can, you know, throw positive cases into. And, uh, you know, the, the big one and, and probably the most uh, frustrating for me is the issue with hospitalizations. And I wanted to find out if I go to a hospital because I have deferred care, whether that was mandated by the orders or I was scared, right? We had a lot of that going on. Right. And I roll in there and I get a positive test, but I'm there for a hip replacement. Are they counting that? And he kind of dodged that answer, but I did get an answer from the press secretary today on that and how they're co- uh, uh, um, counting COVID deaths. And I'd love to share that with you. Please do. I, yeah, breaking news here. That's outstanding because I heard his answer and, and, you know, he said, well, no, uh, we're not talking about all of those people who came in for deferred care. We are talking about COVID and that, that is a dodge because the point is that, like you said, if you go in for your hip or somebody else goes in for a colonoscopy and they check you for COVID and say, yeah, you've got COVID, but you're not symptomatic. You are not sick. You certainly don't need to be hospitalized. They're going to say you have COVID and you're in the hospital. Therefore, it's a, it's a positive number and mike dewine can say just well not justifiably but he can say uh you know that well you, this was a person with covid in the hospital so we count it as a covid hospitalization so you know yeah. he can play those games i'm glad you got clarification from the press secretary lay it on us all right so the first one i'm going I'm to talk about hospitalizations and then deaths my question was can you roll into a hospital get a positive death and it counts as a covid hospitalization he said ohio does not license hospitals so the odh has not issued separate regulations or guidance on defining COVID-19 hospitalizations. However, hypothetically, you are correct. A hospital could establish internal protocols that patients diagnosed with COVID-19 after hospitalization could meet the definition of a COVID-19 hospitalization. And I'm here to tell you they have those policies in place because I've heard from hospitals. And by the way, they're financially incented to do that, remember? They get paid more to have a COVID patient. So, of course, they're going to they're going to have their policies changed because they're, you know, they're hemorrhaging revenue. The second one was they, they make. I think just I, to clarify that, Jack, I think that I, what is it? It's thirteen grand for a COVID patient that they admit, thirty nine grand per patient if they go into the ICU. I think is what the numbers were. That is the exact series of numbers that um, that I've heard as well. And so they I'll are incentivized a, uh, to 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 log them as COVID patients in their hospitals because it does it's financially beneficial to uh, you know to a system to an industry as you pointed out that was um, so badly damaged by people not coming in for other procedures because of the fear or because of orders. So I just wanted to clarify that. I'm sorry to uh, go ahead and continue. No, no, I'm I'm really glad you did. I get I get talking pretty fast sometimes, and I think it's good to uh, you know kind of tease out what um, you know what we're throwing out. Okay. And, and so the second one, you've heard me say before, if let's say I had this thing a long time ago, uh, or I had it and I'm asymptomatic, I walk out in the street and I get hit by a bus and I die. Well, if I get a, a postmortem done 
uh, or somebody who cares for me gets a postmortem done because I'm gone, uh, and it comes back positive, I, I, that's a COVID death. That's not a, I was hit by a bus death. And that's what the CDC said. So I want a clarification. And the answer I got was, the CDC is an entity that has established cause of death reporting guidance. The Ohio Department of Health has not adopted separate guidance. So the stories that we've heard before, I had one where there was an, an auto accident and uh, the person uh, expired, died, um, unfortunately, and they were counted as a COVID death because there was COVID in their system. That doesn't really help us dive in and get an accurate picture of who's in the hospital for COVID and who's actually dying from COVID. And we can talk about even the numbers in Hamilton County and Montgomery County because we talked about those. But I think those are two really alarming admissions that we don't know if someone in the hospital is really there because they're sick from COVID or if they're there and maybe the, the test was a false positive. Maybe we've also heard that the test can pick up strains of antibodies and report them as positive. So we don't know. And again, even given all those definitions of deaths and hospitalizations, we're still trending down. And we have been for weeks on hospitalizations and deaths, even as testing numbers have gone up, which is right. indicative of not fighting a real active, you know, virus that we would have been fighting months ago. But we're not not, not, not as active and not as obviously lethal, uh, because as the deaths remain very, very constantly low and the number of cases, positive cases, either false positives or or actual positives continues to rise as we continue to test. It just decreases the the uh, the uh, fatality rate uh, or the mortality rate, I guess, uh, you know, exponentially, you know, day by day by day. But, Jack, let me go back to this. We're talking to Jack Windsor, a WMFD TV reporter out of Mansfield, who's um, uh, just doing great work for all Ohioans and dare I say for all Americans because uh, uh, this is information that not a, lot of, not a lot of people are getting and not eliciting out of uh, the, the government. But Jack, um, did you tell the press secretary what you just told me about Dr. Burks when, when DeWine's answer to you was, well, I, I don't know where you got that 40%. That's not what my experts are telling me, you know, about 40% false positives. He essentially said that's not accurate because his experts didn't say it. But you just told me it was from Dr. Burks uh, a couple of months ago, uh, up to 50%, in fact, not 40 Did you tell that to the press secretary? Uh, and if not... Uh, so that we can get a follow-up from DeWine on that. The answer is from Dr. Burks, who is heading up the national uh, response to uh, the the Chinese coronavirus. And if not, are you going to are you going to tell him when you you know the next opportunity you have uh, to ask a question? That that response from the press secretary was on my phone this morning. You're the first to know. I have okay. not responded yet. I will. Previously on Friday, what I did say because we were kind of going back and forth on it. Um, he was researching the answer was, look, regardless of what the answer is, it needs to be on the state website. It needs to be clearly defined. It needs to be completely defined. And people need to understand what constitutes a case, a hospitalization, and a death. Otherwise, we're left to guess. Jack, you um, have been very strong and stalwart in, in your reporting and also on your social media conversations with listeners and your presentations, by the way, with uh, with some outstanding uh, guest analysts, including uh, including a doctor, um, about masks. Um, I, I said before I was trying to read the tea leaves based on what I heard from DeWine yesterday and what I'm hearing from uh, you know his Twitter, seeing from his Twitter feed and so forth. Uh, that he is probably on a path to ma- uh, bringing back the mask mandate. Now, if memory serves, 
uh, I think it was in early April that he did his flip-flop flip, in which he said masks are mandated for everybody, then heard from us, and he said, okay, sorry, my bad, masks won't be mandated, they'll be recommended. Then he heard from the scared crowd, uh, said, wait a minute, you got to mandate those. And so on day three, it was, okay, employees and uh, workers have to wear the masks, but the customers don't, they're just strongly recommended to. So he tried to strike that balance. But we see what's happening in state after state after state. There are more and more mask mandates. Fox News, which typically, you know, uh, uh, likes to support our Bill of Rights and our free personal freedoms. Fox News is all in. The TV, the morning show this morning, they're all talking about masks. They had Kevin McCarthy on who was saying, I think everybody should wear a mask. I mean, the, the tide is, is, seems to be going in that direction now. Do you think mm-hmm. that that's coming for all Ohioans, masks in any public areas? Well, I'm going to answer that in, in a couple of layers and try to do it succinctly. You and I both know, because we've talked, we're not surprised by this. We knew this was coming. We knew this was coming months ago, that there was going to be some sort of backtrack or you know slow walk backwards, because Mike DeWine is extremely sensitive to what people think and what's going on around the country, and he's being hailed as the leader, you know, the person who's super sensitive and, and trying to do the right thing. So he's paying attention to what's going on in Texas and California and Florida, not digging into the numbers and understanding what's really going on. And, and frankly, neither is most of the, the media coverage. No. Because no, if they not. were, then it would be a different story. Let me tell you why I think that we're going to have an issue with masks, because he's talked about Hamilton County and Montgomery County. He's talked about... Um, Warren County, and if you remember, Warren County leaders rebuked him and said, no, we looked at the numbers. This isn't a hot spot. Back off. Well, guess what? He talked about Montgomery, Montgomery County going in the wrong, wrong direction with hospitalizations. They had eight hospitalizations. Keep in mind, hospitalizations without wide definition, right? They had eight on the 22nd. The last day that they reported was the 28th. They had two. That's not an increase. Hamilton County, they had five hospitalizations on the 25th. The 27th, which is the last day they reported, they had one. So what he's doing is two things. He is taking information that goes as far back as he wants in a spike because he did it 11 days with Warren County. And then he reports him on uh, an axis of single digits so that, you know, if you have four, that looks pretty big. But if you're on, if, if it's a, you know, an axis of 10 or 100, it's a blip. And he's reporting a blip and he's reporting it days old. There isn't an issue in Montgomery County. There isn't an issue in Hamilton County. But he's stirring the pot that way, and then he's combining it with the neuro-linguistic programming of, hey, this mask is a symbol of your, your freedom, which is garbage. But, yes, I think we're going to end up going there because we're having the numbers misrepresented to us, and not, not many people are throwing the BS flag and calling them on it. Nobody is, quite frankly, except for you. Uh, and, and, and I say that not to, you know, sit here and, 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 and you know, damn you with, with praise. I, I, I mean, legitimately, nobody is asking this. Are you still getting the side-eye shade from people whenever you're, it's your turn to speak, and then you ask a question that doesn't just, you know, kind of bootlick uh, Mike DeWine? You know, there's one group that can't stand me, and I'm okay with it. Uh, but frankly, it's been a little bit better. Uh, I, had, I had one, you know, if you look at, like, people think I'm a certain place on the political spectrum and they think other people are, they might actually be surprised. But uh, I was walking in one day and one of the journalists last week said, hey, you want to walk with me? And I was completely shocked because that person and I are probably about as different as as you might imagine. So I've been received um, a little more warmly lately. I've never wanted to be, you know, a person that is divisive and, and, you know, not supporting my, my fellow colleagues. It's just been a little bit chilly in the past. But it seems like it's warming up a little bit. 
Well, that's good to know. And, and the reason I ask that, is, Jack, is because, again, nobody else is bothered, to my knowledge anyway. I don't read every media outlet or listen to every media reporter um, in, in the state. But the numbers you just gave from Warren County and Hamilton County, et cetera, et cetera, they're available to everybody, right? Where'd you find them? Uh, on the state's coronavirus um, website. So you so, go in, so- you go into the map on the dashboard, you click on the county, and then you, instead of going uh, cumulative, you drop down to the daily numbers. And by the way, you can take a really compelling picture and see <laughs> that curve is not upticking. It's going down. It's all there. And then yeah. there's information available on the, the Excel spreadsheet that you can download. It's all there. People aren't digging into it. Well, that's exactly my point, Jack. And that's why, I, like I said, I, I don't want it to sound like I'm kissing up to you. But in all seriousness, you're the only one doing something that can be done by everyone. Why isn't, after you ask a question, because you saw the numbers and you saw Warren County, you saw it went from 5 to 2 and 8 to whatever the exact numbers you were, um, it's not going up, it's going down. Why isn't there a series, uh, a line of, of reporters there asking the same question, saying, wait a minute, Governor, you know, back to what Jack said. Here's what it shows. Nobody's looking at these things and reporting them the way that you are. I mean, why do you suppose that is? Is the, is, there, is the does the media have some vested interest in making Mike DeWine and Amy Acton and 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 John Husted you know look look good? I mean, I just don't understand why they aren't doing the same homework you're doing. Well, let me give you a, an example from one of my favorite movies. Remember the Titans when the two linebackers are standing there and they're kind of having that moment of honesty. The one looks at the other and says, "Attitude reflect leadership, Captain," <laughs> and. I think that's the case. We have leaders who aren't going to backtrack. They've been wrong, exponentially wrong from the beginning. But we we allowed it because we thought, hey, they're going to err on the side of caution. So if they're not going to backtrack and say, you know what, we were wrong, we missed the mark, we struck out every time at bat, and we're trying to put ourselves in an all-star game, you're not going to have folks in the media wanting to take a risk. And I think that's what it is. Nobody wants to uh, put, put themselves out there. And if they're wrong and it ends up, you know, that this is really bad and and people are dying nobody wants to be in that position but i think we have to be in that position our job is to find the truth and report it oh my goodness you just define journalism uh and journalism quite frankly isn't practiced anymore in 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 far too many places you just define journalism to seek the truth that's what your job is you're the only one doing it jack uh, jack do they make you wear a mask when you go into the cover to cover these things i will tell you and i'm almost embarrassed to say i'm the only one who doesn't why would you be embarrassed? Why would you be embarrassed by that? You should be celebrated for that. They've written stories about. They've written stories about it, Bob, and I, and I won't do it because uh, there's not enough. There's as much evidence to support that it, that it lacks efficacy as there is that it that it has efficacy, and it's it's a rights thing to me, and I won't do it. You're darn right there is. You, you're absolutely right. There is plenty of support for your point of view on this. I mean, why would you be embarrassed? In fact, you shouldn't be. Here's what should happen to you for not wearing a mask. Can uh, you dig it? I don't. I don't give out. Can you dig it? Casually, they have to be earned. And the fact that you're the only one there who won't fall uh, prey to the fear and wear the fear masks in there, don't be embarrassed. Be proud of that, Jack Windsor. Thanks so much for what you do. We'll talk soon. Bob, God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. Nine fifty four. We're late. Let's get out and come back. AM fourteen twenty. The end. Okay, nine fifty seven. I remember what I said to Jack Windsor. There's precious few people still practicing that that art called journalism. 
So maybe I don't know. Is it an art? I don't. I don't think it takes artistic talent. It just takes dogged determinedness, uh, and uh, it takes it takes intellectual courage. Jack has the courage to dig into the numbers and 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 report what they actually say. Whatever it may be, they may discount his opinion. Jack might have an opinion. You might have an opinion. I might have an opinion that the governor's response to the Chinese coronavirus is more devastating to this state than the disease itself, considering the fact that, again, as the numbers rise of cases, cases, by the way, which does not mean people, but as the number of cases rises, and yet the number of deaths stays flat, it just means it's less and less and less and less lethal than it was expected to be. It is not only not as lethal as the, the annual flu, it is far, far less lethal, right? And, you know, so those are our opinions, those are our views, and and Jack goes in and says, I'm going to find the numbers. And if I'm wrong, I'll have to say that my opinion was wrong, because my job is to report the truth. That's what journalism is. So he goes in and digs in and finds out, well, it's I'm not wrong, uh, I'm right, and here's what the numbers show. And the governor is wrong when he says that we are seeing increases in this county, this county, or that county, to a very lazy uh, pool of reporters. When the governor stands there and says, this is the number of cases and how it has risen, uh, hospitalizations, for example, as he pointed out in Warren County or in Hamilton County, when he says that hospitalizations have increased uh, in, in this county or that county, and the lazy media in front of him just laps up and says, thank you, governor, and then they go onto their little websites, and they go onto their little programs, and they go onto TV and they say, you know, new reports in the state of Ohio indicate that uh, more in, more increases in hospitalizations and, uh, and, and cases in this county, that county, this county, that county, and statewide. Well, here's Jack Windsor going in and saying, really? Well, let's go to the numbers. Let's dig inside. Let's go to the dashboard, the Ohio coronavirus dashboard that is actually provided by the state. Well, you know what? Guess what? The numbers are actually down. They're down. First of all, they were single digits in the first place. Second of all, those single digits dropped. The governor just lied to you. That's journalism. That is exactly what they should all be doing. And if they had any intellectual courage whatsoever, they would follow Jack Windsor's lead, and we wouldn't have to rely on Jack Windsor to carry the weight of all of this for so many people in the state of Ohio. And honest to God, that's what he's doing. So, you know, I I really appreciate and respect what Jack's doing. Uh, He's going to come on with me every week. We may have to double him up to twice a week if his schedule will allow it, seriously, because there's so much uh, to report on that he's getting to the bottom of that nobody else has the guts uh, to actually do. All right, it's 10 o'clock, we'll get news, and on the flip side, Peter Kirsten now joins us to talk about why policing in America is soon to be a thing of the past and why you better arm up and arm up heavy if you truly want to protect yourself and your family. Kirsten now coming up.